Hey traders, David Frost, my strategic forecast. You're here for another episode of Common Sense Market Analysis. Today is Wednesday, May 5, 2021. We're looking at a daily chart of the SPY or Spider, which is the proxy for the S&P 500. What do we have on the docket today? Well, I'll tell you one thing. We're going to learn several things from the intraday activity. Depending upon which chart we look at, we're going to have learnable opportunities, teachable opportunities. So there's definitely a positive in a big way that comes out of today's market activity, which incidentally didn't really do anything. At the end of the day, the market finished near the flat line. They went up a little bit. They went down a little bit. They couldn't fill a gap up north. They didn't get very far on the south side. They didn't really do anything. However, there's something to be learned from every single trading session that occurs. You can almost learn something on every single chart that you populate the screen with. You have to be hungry for knowledge. You have to have a thirst for information. So therefore, my promise to you is you're going to learn something from the intraday activity. The first thing we're going to do is take a look at the daily chart. Does anything jump off the page? Not really. Yesterday, we had a tail candle. Something that does jump off the page is the inability for the market to fill the gap left open from Monday. They may do it tomorrow, and that's fine, but they had an opportunity to do it two different times today and failed to make it happen. Now, maybe it's a visit by the Trick Trap Fool and Frustrate crew, faking traders out that were playing for the gap, then they send price lower, shaking them out in what's called an afternoon shakeout operation. We'll get more into the intraday activity in a while, we're just taking the 30,000-foot view, and I'm saying, hey, they had an opportunity to fill the gap. Why didn't they do it? So it's of note. It's a puzzle piece. It's on the table because if they don't go up and fill the gap in some kind of short order and they start trading lower, that was actually a sign of weakness not being able to get to the gap. Today, it could be just a fake out, but the more it doesn't happen, the more it begins to look like weakness not filling a gap is a little bit in the oddity camp. It's in the 20% of the 80-20 rule. 80% of the time, they're going to do the same thing over and over and over again. 80% of the time, they're going to fill this gap. Now, if they do it tomorrow, that's fine. It was just a fake out. But then we also look at another thing that occurs, which is what about how they close them, right? It's not how they trade them out throughout the day. It's how they close them into the end of the day. What's the last thing that traders, investors, market participants are doing? Well, today, the last thing was essentially selling them. Last few minutes of the day, they go back and forth, but they basically sold them into the close. Here's a five-minute chart, and you can see the downward activity beginning around 10 to 3 p.m. Always takes a second to do that 24-hour clock to real-time normal clock. The hour was 14.50 military time, GST, whatever they call it. And then you just got straight down selling for the remainder of the day, minus the bounce back and forth into the final, let's just say, half an hour. If you want to just talk about what would have been better for the bull case, for example, and this is garden variety, easy stuff, right? You get a tail candle yesterday, you get follow through today, they fill the gap, they close above the gap. That's bullish. That is absolutely bullish behavior, and that would have spelled new highs on the docket or at least a test of the old highs on the docket. But instead, they make an effort this morning, another effort in the afternoon to fill the gap. They fail, 
finish near the lows. Now, it's not necessarily terrible news or anything from a daily chart perspective. Here's what we have from a daily chart perspective. The trend is your friend until she dumps you. They didn't do anything negative. They just didn't fill the gap. They're still above the 20-period moving average or home base. They're still above an important number, 414.75, which, by the way, was not tested in the afternoon. Here's a 15-minute chart, for example, 414.75. They didn't get there. Maybe they get there tomorrow. Maybe they don't. But again, you have to scratch your head a little bit at a couple of things. They didn't fill the gap. Head scratcher. Now, that could easily be a fake-out operation. They do that kind of stuff all the time. But then, when they're trading lower in the afternoon, not to get to 414.75 or thereabout, they didn't really even get close, and it still is an important spot. So they didn't get there, so that actually is more bullish than bearish, so they leave you hanging, kind of like a hanging chad. Big picture, trend is your friend, nothing doing, they're in an uptrend, period, full stop. Not having follow through from yesterday is a bit of a head scratcher, so we're gonna put that in. We have to lean on the side of caution slash weakness based on today's price action or market activity. Did they retrace tail candles? Yes, they do. Why didn't they do more today? Maybe they'll do it tomorrow. Better served in one day and then you pop back up. When they start creeping down, we start looking at this and saying, that's not a tail candle. That just happened to be a down day and a snap back into the close. Remember, there's no institutional conviction either way. None today, none yesterday. Average volume, below average volume. By the way, the volume today is listed at 35 million shares and change. That's not likely right. When you go down to an hourly chart, you say, well, here's the first hour of the day, and there was about 11 million shares. The second hour, there was about 5 or 6 million shares. So right there, you're starting to add up pretty quickly another 4 and then in the last two hours of the day, there was about 15 million shares total. Here's the second to last hour, about seven. And then here's another eight. So something was awry. Something was amiss with the volume today. Should we label it shenanigans? I don't know. Who stole the volume? Who made off with like 15, 18 million shares, whatever the number is? I don't know, but guess what? We're putting it on the table as a puzzle piece. We don't know what to do with it yet. It's just on the corner of the table. All right, I said we were gonna learn some stuff from the intraday. Well, we have to start with inside the numbers to get to the intraday stuff. That's where we're gonna start to put together the correlations between different charts. One chart says one thing, another chart says something different. How can you take advantage of that? How can you play one chart into another or off of another? That's what we're gonna discuss as we go through inside the numbers, and it will become more clear as we run up the commentary. It starts with hump day. Wake up green, maybe it was yesterday's hourly tail and retrace after all. It was a nice green morning early on, so we had a nice big move from yesterday's low, that's why I'm referencing the tail candle. Right back to the trend is your friend until she dumps you. Now this is also somewhat important. Some of it's tongue in cheek, some of it is stuff you want to pay attention to. So yesterday, there were a lot of traders that didn't want to believe in the long side. Let's just say that, all right? And that's fine. Everybody can believe whatever they want to believe. You don't necessarily have to badger me about it, but you could believe whatever you want. But here's the takeaway. The market is designed to make as many traders and investors look like fools as much of the time as possible. 
So in doing that, in understanding that concept, they're always gonna do the other thing. They're gonna do the thing that it looks like they're doing the other thing. Looks like they're doing one thing, everybody hops on board, they think the market's gonna go down or go up or whatever it looks like they're doing, and then they turn around and they do the other thing. They do that all the time. Think in terms of the other thing. Put other thing on a sticky note beside your computer. We're moving along. Let's check on the numbers. Open the day above 416.60 is bullish for starters. Doing so would open the door to fill the gap left open from Friday around 418.20. Now we talked a little bit about this already, so we know they didn't fill the gap. Now if they were doing that, then it's right back to eating time off the clock near the highs and yesterday was just a down day and that's fine. As long as we know what the game plan is. What does the other side look like? Back to and below 41475 would be the first order of business for the Bears. Now they never got there, so they were really in a chop shop formation most of the day. That's really what it boiled down to. Let's move it along. Now, let's pay attention to the next couple of posts. 853. We'll let them go for a few before getting a handle on the storyline for the early part of the session. Awareness. We're likely to see an appearance by Trick and Company in the early going. Their job is to shake out the Johnny-come-latelys. What am I talking about? Okay, here's a 10-minute chart right of the vertical as today's activity. We got that. What we're saying is, in the pre-market, now this includes the pre-market data. We're gapping higher. They're running sideways. They're trying to push higher. And what we're saying is, that at the opening bell, you're gonna have traders that run to hop on board. The job of Trick and Company, or the Trick Trap Fool and Frustrate crew, is to pull the rug out from under those latecomers. They're the Johnny-come-latelys. Back to the normal hours, they buy the market right at the open, they pull the rug out, who's they? The Trick Trap Fool and Frustrate crew, of course. They send the market lower as the Johnny-come-latelys understand that they got the trade wrong, they were issued a pie in the face, they hand their shares over to the professional traders on the other side that are all too happy to pick up their shares and help wipe their tears away. 924, awareness and how I'm viewing the market early. If they were going to run away, they would have already been at and above the gap left open from Friday. So I'm already suspicious that they're not gonna go above the gap early in the morning. More awareness. In the back of mind, maybe looking for a morning pivot high today, not looking for a market collapse, just normal behavior until they display something different. So now think about when this was posted before the open, then think about what happened around the opening bell, and then think about what happened throughout the trading day. So I think the majority of the day was actually summed up in this one post before the opening bell. How do you like them apples? We're moving right along. So now, after the opening bell, we're watching two things. Below is 415.64, that was a gap left open from yesterday. And above 418, it's really 418.20, that was the gap left open from Monday. So we don't know which way they're gonna go. They were in the middle, AKA no man's land. Fair enough. This is the tour guide stuff. If you're actively participating in the market during the trading day, then this is valuable information. You get to show up in uniform, ready to go, having a pregame warm-up under your belt. How you doing?
By 9.35, honestly, this wasn't the morning pivot ahead in mind. They just dropped them right out of the gate. Now the gap around 4.15.64 is in play. Should be support if reached shortly. Here's the giveaway. Back to a five-minute chart. 4.15.64 is the horizontal line you can see running across the screen. They spiked it by some. They never got to the next number. They turned around, ripped them back in the other direction. Rocket ride du jour should be support if reached shortly. So they spiked it by a little bit. That's okay. We know that they do that in the morning rush. Let's move things along a little bit and see what else we have. We put a late edition of a stock on the move, VRSK. We'll circle back to stocks on the move later. We'll go over all the charts, the good, the bad, and the ugly. In fact, we're going to actually learn something very valuable from VRSK as well. By 10.02, 4.15.64, the door is open. If they can get there, should be a bounce, give or take, from that area. Closing candles below opens the door for 4.14.75 from yesterday. And by the way, it's not that far away. It's not around the corner, but it's not that far. It's manageable. Showtime for the Bulls. If they lose the battle, it's 4.14.75. So you have the tour guide. You know what the market is doing. It gives you more confidence when you're participating. If they can establish above the gap, the first target on a long trade would be about 4.16.75. Let's just get a handle on that real quick. 4.15.64 is the lower line. 4.16.75 is all the way up here. You can see it was resistance when hit for a few moments, and then they went higher anyway. And you can see here, 10.15. We can all see what's going on. It's a good old-fashioned bull-bear battle around the gap. Bears win, they'll visit 4.14.75. Bulls win, they'll visit 4.16.75 at least. What happened? They did the thing. They visited 4.16.75 at least. How you doing? Let's see what else we have. Same routine. They're working on the bounce, yada, yada, yada. So it took some time, but they did the thing. You can obviously pause the video, read the notes. I encourage you to do that. Read the notes and go back to the charts and double check the work. You can also read the notes for educational material. It's not just about the numbers. You have to think about what's being put here inside the numbers. Think about what I'm writing. Think about the concepts behind what's being discussed. Here we're saying, could they go all the way up and fill the gap? Yeah, if they stayed quiet, and we had bullish behavior all afternoon, they could have absolutely ran them up into the close. They didn't do that. They turned them around. Gives us a different set of circumstances. It's a different piece of information, but all pieces of information we can use to our advantage. We're moving along. Oh, we have a chart. What's the chart all about? So around lunchtime, let's look at an hourly chart since we think better in pictures. Okay, so they ran a test of the breakdown candle high. It's another way to look at the charts we've been looking at, but we haven't looked at an hourly chart yet. Now, if they eat time off the clock, they'll build some energy to push through. If they fail, they'll start getting below 416.50 as the first clue. Think about that for a moment. Pause the video and read that again, and then go back and look at what happened. The final clue would be down at 4.15.80 from this morning. Let's do this again, but we'll use a clean chart. Here's the hourly chart. So they run up, and they're challenging the first hourly, which is a breakdown candle high. 4.17.44 is the high. What did they do? They ran up, and they 
challenged the breakdown candle high, but they were not able to close hourly above that high. But they started going sideways, eating time off the clock for two or three hours. Well, under normal garden variety conditions, what's that telling us? It's telling us they're building energy to run higher, to fill the gap, unless they fail. Well, how would we know that they're failing? We need clues. After the fact, it's easier to see a failure, but we need stuff ahead of time to say it's failing, not it failed. Those are two different things. There's your failure point, 416.50. That would be the first clue. Start getting below 416.50, and this whole thing that's working its way, building energy to make another run higher, well, that thing is no longer happening. This is all about being able to read the tape the more you can read the tape, the more you can affect trades. The more you can affect the right trades, positive trades for the right reasons, the more you can be profitable in this business. Here's the vantage point on a 15-minute chart. But wait, there's more. Let's keep going. I have more stuff. There's another chart. What is this one about? Now, this is 125. Now, you can see where this chart is. It's a little bit small. I know that. But what they're doing is outlined with the black lines. And the one with the arrow hasn't happened yet. That's what the projection really was at the time. Let's go over this. We see this all the time. Can't know for sure it will work, but as long as they stay above 416.50 on candle closes, it can. So what is it? How about a pullback from the highs on time into the most recent breakout area? Okay, don't we discuss that stuff all the time? Yeah, this is what I was telling you. We're going to learn stuff. Don't worry, we'll go back to the chart in a moment. Pseudo doji candle. Possible push later this afternoon to the highs or beyond. Staying above 416.50 on candle closes and another push higher is on the table. That's it. It was 416.50. That was the bogey. Had to stay above that. We'll call it the afternoon pivot. Getting below and closing candles below, and it's not. This is the stuff from the course. Lazy E-mini trader. That's really what it is. This is right out of the course. Okay, so you see that, and the market had not began to push higher yet when this post was made a little before 1.30. Okay, that was a 10-minute chart. We'll use the same 10-minute chart. Here's the low. This is the pullback on time that we were referring to, and then they started the march. Forget about the failure. They started the march. Here's the fake-out failure. They resumed the march, and they got to what? They got to a high of 417.23. Now, why is that important? Well, let's see why that's important. Let's move on a little bit. Traders that took the long trade off the last post need to be thinking about booking profit along the way. 417.25 would be a good spot. Above that, 417.63 would be another spot. They didn't get there, but the spot was 417.25. Remember that high. 417.23. They didn't get by two pennies to the spot. They missed the spot and traded away. Funny how that works. I don't believe in accidents or coincidences. I think that's something that we need to pay attention to. When that stuff happens, you have to pay attention. From here, we can read the notes on our own. We can pause the video, double check the work. You basically saw the entire commentary and you saw the day's activity. This is the tour guide central. All right, stocks on the move. So we're gonna take a look at the ones that hit their price objectives. 
Pretty decent list today, but they didn't all hit. VRSK was put on the board late. It was a late addition, but we'll take a look at it because we can learn something from the chart for sure. LL, Lumber Liquidators, we'll look at that one. HFC, Holly Frontier, we're going to look at that one too. The rest didn't hit their price objectives. They're off the board. We call them no trades. We only take trades at the numbers that are our numbers, not somebody else's numbers. It helps keep us out of trouble. Might as well start with the late edition, VRSK. So I saw something developing as I'm running through charts in the morning, and I thought this was an opportunity for a day trade, so I put on the board one number, one number only, 176.75, and the stop listed was an hourly close below 175. Reasonable risk reward, the number was the number, and I would take this trade 101 out of 100 times given the opportunity again. Obviously, that doesn't make any sense, but there's a point being made. I'm going to show you why. So the trade didn't work, and the trade was actually stopped out. Okay, fair enough, but let's go look at a longer-term chart. Let's see why I took the trade, and let's compare it to other trades that we take all the time. First, let's start with the daily chart. Now, let me give you this concept. So here we are, off of lows, and they're basically eating time off the clock, building energy, trying to bust through to go higher. So here's the way I'm looking at this chart. Again, this is a daily chart, right? So somewhere in this neighborhood, whether it's down here or it's up here, somewhere we can call this a breakout area. The market came down, it tried to bust through, it sold off, finally busted through. Now it's coming back to retest, at least in my mind today, a former breakout area. We talk about this all the time. We show these charts all the time. That's what they were doing. Now, I like to have full stack stuff. So I'm looking deeper and I want to show you the next thing that I saw. So I go down to an hourly chart. Now I'm looking for something that hits me. I want to find some reason on the hourly chart that supports what I saw on the daily chart. And guess what? Here it is. So I see what's going on here. This was the area they broke out from. We just looked at on the daily chart. But look what we have here. A tremendous breakup candle. The low is 176.76. So you see where my number is. It's right there. Are they going to play defense at this tremendous breakup candle low at the same time they're coming into a former breakout area running a test of the most recent former breakout area. So guess what? I took those two pieces of information and I said to myself, yeah, I'm gonna take this trade 100 out of 100 times. How do I know that to be a good idea? Because the trades you see on the board every day inside the numbers, a large majority of them, a high percentage of them, have characteristics that look exactly like this. And all that being said, it still didn't work. They're not all going to work. We still have to adhere to and be subject to the 80-20 rule. 80% of the time, this trade's going to work. 85% of the time, this trade's going to work. Something in that neighborhood. But guess what? There's another side to that. 15, 20% of the time, it's still going to be a shitburger any way you look at it. That's the business we're in. So therefore, our objective knowing that is that knowing we have to take a loss, we want to lose small and fast if we have to lose at all. A buck 75 on a $176 stock, $177 stock, 
It's not that big of a deal. How about lumber liquidators? Now, this one never got to the second price objective. $20.72 was that number. Below here was $20.91. So since we never got the second half on, this one is just a winning trade from half a position. If a trader put it on one half of one position, waiting for the second half at the second number, never got filled. Painting by the numbers, it was a win anyway. Still, base hits put you in the Hall of Fame. At the end of the day, this was far better than a base hit if a trader just held the position all the way to the daily high, 23.77. That's not likely, but look where the daily high was, 23.77 from a suggested buy of 22.12. Here's the daily chart. It just takes time for them to turn sometimes. Time is more important than price. Patience pays. Here's Holly Frontier. Watch this one. So here's the daily chart and the low of day. Let me move this over. This is interesting. Just notice this now as I'm doing this. Low of day is 33.40. But I know for a fact that this one came a lot lower because the trade activated. 32.85 was the number put on the board bright and early. The rest is history. You can see what happened. They bounced right back. That was, in fact, the number. That was support. Took some time. They went back and forth. But you can see how this works. Closing price yesterday, 36 and a quarter, 36.29, something like that. Getting a buzz cut at the open. You want to pick a number that is the likely destination. Two things are going to happen. One of two things are going to happen at the destination. They're either going to hang out for a cup of coffee, which means they're building energy to run to a different destination, or they're going to turn around and go back in the other direction. Blowing right through the destination is not one of the two because that means the destination was incorrect. This destination was correct. What's going on over in Camp IWM? You'll note that they gave up that same convergence of 20 and 50 period moving average, had a down day in the IWM today. And let's note that this is my favorite market leading indicator. While the S&P 500 was basically flat today, the IWM was down about one third of 1%. So of note, it's a puzzle piece, it's on the table. Now, giving up the moving averages by a few pennies, obviously they can turn that thing around rather quickly. But each and every day is one more day's worth of information that we didn't have yesterday, and today they're below these moving averages, therefore it's a puzzle piece and it's on the table. It is my favorite market-leading indicator. We know by Friday's close, I'm going to be extremely interested on where they close. What's that number? My number is 217.67. Below that number on a weekly close, that is trouble for the bulls. Above that number, and they're still building energy to make another push higher. We don't know which one it's going to be. And by the way, on this weekly chart, the trend is your friend until she throws you out. There's nothing wrong with the weekly chart until there is. What about the folks down at the transportation department? You can call this a doji candle after making new highs, but frankly, the trend is your friend until she dumps you. We don't have any kind of accompanying volume to say there's any kind of institutional participation, trend change, one thing or the other. There's really nothing going on except the transports were up about 15 points. Move it along. How about the folks out in Silicon Valley? Now, they're on par with the IWM. So... The risk assets were not attracting money today. Money was coming out of technology, out of small caps. Of note, those are puzzle pieces. They're on the table, brother.
And in the spirit of fairness, they're on the table, sister. Daily chart, trend is your friend, but we know everything starts somewhere and morphs from there. Like, how many people are looking at a 120-minute chart of the cues saying, hey, what did they do? They ran a test around the breakdown candle high, and they failed. So they didn't completely fail yet, but they failed after running a test of a breakdown candle high on a two-hour chart. I think that's pretty important, don't you? And here's the hourly chart. If they get much lower, like down in the 326 and change neighborhood, and they start to fail there, look out below. So we have certain charts that are telling us certain things. Certain charts are on what I like to call the precipice. Umpire calling balls and strikes. The XLF up day, up almost 1%. Nothing wrong with this chart. New highs yet again. Trend is your friend till she dumps you. We're moving along. And smash mouth, not that great of a bounce, but a bounce nonetheless. Kind of on par. Some markets were up a little bit. Some markets were down a little bit. So this one was up a little bit. We're not going to make a federal case out of this. They filled the gap from the other day and didn't really do anything. But I will tell you this, and you know that I like this kind of thing because I talk about it all the time. When they don't close above the gap, obviously that's more bearish than bullish. They couldn't really get above there for very long, so they were rejected at the gap, but yet they didn't really get very far one way or the other. So we're not making a federal case but until and unless they really get above 242, not much is going to happen here. Have I told you how much I appreciate each and every one of you? Without you, these videos are not possible. That is true and accurate information. We're going to pull the ripcord here today. I'm David Frost, my strategic forecast. Thanks again for tuning in to another episode of Common Sense Market Analysis.